Hey, welcome back to Make More Music, the podcast that connects you to music and one another. My name's Chris, and I'm a board-certified music therapist. Today, I've got an awesome interview. Season two is really banging now, so none other than the Grammy-nominated Robert Randolph, pedal steel guitar virtuoso and band leader of Robert Randolph and the Family Band. If you haven't heard of him, you need to pause this. Go and listen to his whole last album, Better Days. Go listen to his back catalog before we steamroll in. But thanks for tuning in today. I've got a new music shout-out from an awesome artist and voice coach and movement coach out of New York. And got a great episode ahead. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. This is Make More Music with Robert Randolph. Robert, I am so excited to be here and chatting with you. I think this is the kind of like perfect example of what is going on in coronavirus. Like people are just randomly connecting with all kinds of people. You said you've been doing cameo appearances and uh, I got to take a lesson with you. So that was super sweet. But uh, how is how is the home work life shaping up for you right now? Us, we're working out pretty good, you know. It's just kind of accepting the fact that this is life, and you know, no money is going to be really coming in, or you know, traveling and things like that. So we're just trying to, you know, kind of helps you take steps back and and kind of look at, you know, get a perspective on life and liberties and all of the different things that we 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 were so accustomed to, and things are changing now and. And, uh, you know, as musicians, you know, and, and music artists, you know, we just kind of have time to sort of do what we started out doing, just kind of sitting in a house with nothing to do, playing guitar, playing music, writing songs, making up things. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of makes you feel like you, you, you're 17 again, you know? But, yeah. You know? So that's the really cool thing about it. So, um... What what are you said you've been kind of rediscovering some things? What have been some some realities or some life lessons that you said you've you've been able to take away through this? Um, I think the life lessons are it's just kind of uh, uh, you know the, really don't take things for granted. You know, don't you know don't. It's kind of like you know it's it's, it's really kind of. And, you know, one of the funny things is, like, you know, I live in a neighborhood now, and all of a sudden you hear, like, kids playing outside again. You know, kids are outside playing, throwing balls. Families are sort of, you know, doing family things together. And I think one of the lessons is we we all make ourselves too busy doing a lot of whatever it is, you know, and kind of. You know, it's kind of like one one of the artists uh, said to me the other day, it's like, man, it's actually kind of cool just, you know, sitting at home and cooking dinner, hanging with the family, not worrying about all these other things. So it's kind of cool. Just being a regular person. Yeah, I know. We were talking even in all transparency, we were setting up the link and you're like, oh, I can't use the computer because my daughter's got to do homework. So it's just, it's literally everybody's dealing with that kind of stuff. I literally had yeah, to go put kinda... my dog on the porch. Like, oh, duh, you can't be making noise right now, you know? Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things, you know, and I kind of feel bad for for, uh, for some of these, you know, what, you know, one of the problems in New York City, you know, it's like, you know, everybody in New York City, at least around here, lives in like big apartment buildings. So, you know, that's, you know, you got millions of people living in a building with thousands of people. And it's kind of like, you can't play guitar, yeah. you know, you can't do these things. You got to do them at a certain time because somebody's at work over the over the computer or the daughter's doing school. So it's that's kind of strange. annoying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of, you know, like, you know, I live in a neighborhood, you know, in a house. So the other day I'm outside, you know. You know, I like to do housework, and so I'm outside with a with a hammer drill, and I'm drilling concrete. And the neighbors come like, "Hey, can uh, can you do that after 12? Because my 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 wife's on a conference call. My daughter's at school. It's like, oh, sorry, 
Yeah. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Yeah. And it, I feel you too. Everything has been kind of like, it's been one thing after another too. My lawnmower blade <laughs> got bent and now I'm fixing my dryer. It's totally disassembled six feet away from yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I <you> feel you. <laughs> It's kind of cool, man. You know, I get to fix a lot of things around the house. You, know, you realize how much crap is wrong with stuff <laughs> in your house, you know, and and then, you you know, too, musically, I, you know, I get to spend time with all of these guitar pedals and things that I have and kind of mm. get into some new stuff. So it's kind of, you know, musically was actually really cool is, you know, like years ago, it's kind of like I'm regretting it, but it's kind of like I bought all of this studio equipment. Then I wind up like giving it to people because I was like, I don't, I don't have the time. I'm too ADD to have the time to <laughs> hook up studio stuff and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of uh, uh, gave a bunch of my stuff to other people that I go to their studios and work at. So, you know, so now it's kind of learning all of these new apps and new ways. And yeah, uh, it's actually really cool. And it's, you know, one of the things that's going to come out from this is like, you know, there's going to be a whole, uh, you know, all of these new, it's just like all of these Zoom meetings and Zoom conference calls. There's all these ways to sort of these, these apps that allow, I'm sure you know, that allows you to, to, uh, to like get a better quality of certain things, you know, and like, like microphone apps and, and, yeah. and just, just uh, sending across a guitar wave file and doing like voiceovers and, and, and doing little things, you know, and it's, and it goes to show too, there's all of these ways of raising money for causes that's going on now where, you know, you're doing these sort of, you know, virtual telethons and zoomathons. There's actually one big thing that I got coming. That I, I just, I can't even make an announcement on it yet, but it's going to be, Ooh. it should be really cool. It's going to be really cool. You'll have to tell me. So when it gets closer, I can, I can, uh, well, well I'm sure you'll see you. that. I'm sure you'll see the announcement. Then you'll right. go like, "Oh, that's what he was talking about." Exciting, cool. I'll keep an yeah. eye. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out. So, um, we'll come back to the trinkets, the toys, the new guitar pedals. I want to come back to that, but I told you we'd do some rapid fire. So, you ready to rock with some rapid fire questions? Yeah, man. All right. First, it. What is the last song that you played on? Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you listen to. What's the last track you were listening to? Um, what's the last track I was listening to? Uh, was a actually Eddie Hazel. Okay. I don't know if you know you know Eddie Hazel, the the, the uh, P funk guitar player and singer. Nice. He died, but one of the greatest artists, you know. And a lot of people really don't know, you know, but a lot of people do. But Eddie, because he was never really a big solo artist, but he was the amazing singer. Mm. And George Clinton and the original Paula Fuck. So I was listening to one of his solo records. He was nice. great guitar player and a, and a great, great singer. Nice. We've been actually jamming. My daughter is about to turn three. And we just saw uh, Trolls 2, which they go in a lot in that and talk about uh, funk and stuff like that. So she's been jamming to some Parliament recently, which has been awesome. To wow. Be a, a little three-year-old bouncing around like, bow, wow, wow. You be, you be like really getting into it. It's been awesome. Yeah, man. It's nothing like that stuff, man. You know? It's good. It was a different, different space and time, huh? Literally. Oh, yeah. Like by far, man. I mean, like that that music is just like, you know, I mean, George Clinton is, you know, he I mean, don't like guys like George Clinton and James Brown is actually what fueled the all of the samples for hip hop oh, and yeah. R and B from Dr. Dre, P. Diddy, you know, Jermaine Dupree, all of those guys, you know. And it's so funny, I was doing an interview the other day and it's like, you know, she was like, Oh, like what? how did you first discover secular music? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, secular to me, like was, was, you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, learn about blues and rock till I was damn near 18, 19, 20, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, you know, but I was, I grew up listening to all of the rap and hip hop and R&B, you know, just cause you know, you, you young and you're black and grow up in the inner city. So, you know, that's what we doing and singing. So, Actually, when I first started playing guitar, all my friends would sort of come over 
and you know they'd be like hey can you play that can you play some of this some of these rap beats on that and they'd come and rap and i'd be playing it's kind of funny looking back on it that is funny yeah that speaks a lot to your genre bending as well though like just accepting so that's cool um next rapid fire you can take this as plainly or as philosophically and you can be as specific or as general as you want to be. But if you were an instrument, what would you be? If I was an instrument, what would I be? I would be, a, I would be a pedal steel man, because it's, I'm all over the place, Solid. you know, <laughs> Solid. you know, I would be a pedal steel, but yeah, cause I'm, I'm all over the place, man. My brain is, it's got so many different moving parts. <laughs> that yeah. that accurately describes uh, a pedal steel as well. It uh, the first time I sat down, you know, I I watched so many videos. I already played guitar and banjo and and piano and all these things, and I thought, okay, I've watched all these videos. Theoretically, I think I can do this. You get it sitting in front of you, and you're like, oh man, I'm in over my head. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing right away because your feet are moving, your hands are moving. And you're singing too, so it's a lot going on. Oh yeah, and that's what that's what people don't know, man. That's really like the hardest thing, man. Like what's weird is, you know, I've written songs and I've, you know, we've rec- I've recorded songs and, and you know, when you're in the studio, you write and record and you play the songs and then by time, you know, I, you know, try to go you know, perform them, it's like, well, sheesh, I can't do all of that. Like, why the hell did I record that song? You know? Because <laughs> you uh, overdubbed it or played something. Or, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or why didn't I just let somebody sing it or whatever? And it's kind of like, <laughs> she, you know? So it's kind of weird like that, you know? There's been many songs like that that I've done. So it's like, now, as I'm older now, and the producer would be like, hey, man, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do that. And then, yeah, you sing it. It's like, listen, trust me, I'm not going to be able to do it, man. It's like <laughs> two hands, two feet, two knees. There's too many chords going and, and you know. It's, and it's, reproducing this somewhat realistically like, live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, and it's kind of like you want it to actually be good. You know, you want it to be, you want it to be heard the way it was recorded. So that's some of the things that I've kind of picked up. You know, sorry, from from like Dave Matthews and Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, because if you notice, you know, you listen to as, as great as the Zeppelin records was, there's a lot of stuff missing from the live performance. Yeah. I mean, not not that anybody care now, but it's like, you know, those plus, plus those were the days of like early, like experimenting with orchestras and sounds yeah. and massive you know, recordings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got a chance to actually meet and hang with Eddie Kramer. And and he pretty much still loves to record like that, you know. But what happens is, you know, he, but, he, you know, he has a theory. No, just record it beautifully. Don't worry about it live. It'll just be whatever. It's like, I don't know, man, but like I built the, my, my career of live audience, you know. So it's kind of like, that's going to be rough. So, so it's just kind of one of those things, man, that gets that, that, that. That becomes challenging and it's always, you know, a thing when you're trying to record, you know, and write new songs. How much am I going to be able to stay authentic to, you know, that live, that live scenario and what I want to deliver? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Well, this should be a good one too. Uh, Can be anything. Doesn't have to be music related at all, but if it is cool, what is something that's been inspiring you recently? Something that's been inspiring me recently, I would say it's been uh, the Rival Sons, Greta Van Fleet, mm. um, uh, and those kind of things. Sweet. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Greta Van Fleet, man. They've been absolutely blowing up the past couple of years. Like it's nuts. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was say, yeah, Greta Van. Let me see. I'm trying to think. I, I know I'm missing somebody. Um, uh, well, I'll just stick with well, you know, Marcus King and Gary Clark mm-hmm. Jr., those two guys, you know, they're as, too, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, musically, I guess. And then I guess, you know, life-wise, I guess when you just look around at what's going on, you know, it just, for me, you know, it just really puts in perspective that, you know, you know, to to be able to write songs and make musical pieces that will become healing for people, mm. you know, because this is going to have, uh, you know, long-term effects on so many different people's lives, well-beings, you know, whether it's mental, physical, you know, financial, or whatever. It's just going to take a toll. So it's going to be important to be able to, uh, for me to make music that's going to be uplifting to a lot of people. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah. Especially now, cause we're in mid May while we're recording this and it's just, you know, dragging on. And I know places are already starting to talk about, you know, phasing, but that's all theoretical too. You know, that all depends. So it's all going to be very different. I think once we're on the other side, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, this one can be anything from something music related to business related to you can share something about that barbecuing, but what's a pro tip or a hack that you feel like you do that is simple that other people need to know about and practice? Most people, people need to learn about really how to, how, how to, to smoke meat barbecuing, man, you know, nothing There's an art form to smoking. The perfect. The other day, I smoked a a, a whole fifteen pound turkey in two and a half hours. Wow! So, I, I was watching that. That looked great. So, what what's a couple of your pro tips for smoking? Well, you gotta, you, you know, it's what. Well, one of the things is you gotta every forty five minutes. You gotta, you gotta. Really, the best way to do it, first of all, you gotta spatchcock the turkey, right? Don't put it. You know, you know, you take out the backbone right mm -hmm. and you you crack the red bone and you so you can sit the turkey flat on the grill so the key is you got to go 200 but I'm, I'm sorry actually you go 285 right mm -hmm. and you got to keep you know every 15 minutes you got to put new pieces of wood in there so you're not so the wood so the so the fire never so the temperature never really drops that so it's got to be consistent you know Open, open the hood, put the butter on there, keep the skin crispy, close it back down, come back 45 minutes or an hour later. But most people go, most people think low is like 220. But when you got a turkey, you know, you low is actually 275 to 285. Mm. And you'll get, you know, you'll have great results in two and a half hours. Man, three hours. That sounds Most, so. Some good. people say, "Oh, yeah, I did it for six, seven, eight hours." Like, well, I'm sorry for that, man. <laughs> yeah, man, sounds good. It's almost lunchtime. I'm getting ready to have some jambalaya after we get off here, so I'm starving. Oh, look at <laughs> you, man. Good. Um, this could be possibly a left turn, but what is your go-to junk food? My go-to junk food is cheeseburger, man. If that's uh, a junk food. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll yeah. count. That'll count. Yeah. That's good. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, a sloppy cheeseburger and, uh, and salt and vinegar potato chips. There you go. Good. Yeah, man. Great. All right. Last rapid fire. What is a person, a project, or an organization that you feel like deserves a shout out, deserves to be lifted up? Ah, person project. Uh, I would say 50 Cent. He's been making great movies, man. He's changed his life from a rapper to a movie producer, TV series producer. And he's been making some of the great TV shows. And, and first of all, he's making a lot of money, but because he's doing his own thing and creating his own deals as yeah. has he learned how to do from growing up in the streets. But He's made some great TV series, great movies, and trust me, he's going to be one of the biggest, most powerful uh, uh, TV film makers like in the next 10 years. He's doing it, man. Get rich or die trying, huh? Get rich or die trying, <laughs> man. And more power to him, man. He realized you can't be a, a rapper forever and we got to go. So I think we all, everybody's learning a lot from him, man, because he's, He's not confining to nobody else's rules. He's doing what he wants to do. And it's really refreshing to see. You know? 
Yeah, he's making it happen. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm trying to think how old I was. I was probably, whoa, somebody's making noise up there. Uh, I was probably, I'd probably been playing electric guitar for maybe a year or two. When I first mm -hmm. heard of you, I was 13 or 14, and I remember seeing the Austin City Limits, I think. Uh, what, oh, yeah. What, what year was that, roughly? 2003, four, something like that? That was 2000, I want to say 2004. So I would have been playing like yeah. a year or two at that point. So I'm like this young guitar player, and I'm my dad puts on PBS or something, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this instrument? What am I watching? So that's where I think it was the first time I had ever seen a pedal steel prominently that ever knew that it was like, that's what it was. So that's when you first kind of started rocking my world and I've loved everything. And it, it definitely was in the back of my head with how I got into pedal steel a few years ago. So I want you to take me back you know, you've talked a lot about your whole journey and, you know, moving from the sacred steel, but take me back to childhood and what were some of your first musical memories? Oh, my first musical. Well, for me, I grew up in church. So growing up in church, you know, we, the sacred steel movement, which has been coined as, you know, I grew up watching, you know, my own versions of, you know, B.B. King, Albert King, Robert Johnson, and all these guys, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I started playing the drums, you know, in the church. So I was a drummer for a lot of those musicians. And for me, that was sort of like, you know, the thing, man, you know, our church was very much like a, a blues rock and roll church, you know, where, you know, you just... You know, guys will go in and you would play and, and you would, you know, they'd be jumping and shouting and screaming. Just like the same feeling you get like when, you, when you're when you in a, a, a rock show, a blues show, a, you know, a sweaty club show. That's what yeah, that's we good. grew up going to that kind of church three, four times a week. So that was really the cool thing about it. So we would, you know, uh, for me growing up in, in, in that scene, you know, allowed me to really learn a lot because not, you know, and we, and we, and what's crazy is, you know, one of the things about growing up as a musician in church, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, it's his own music school and boot camp. The, the yes. beauty of it is, you know, you, you, you don't realize you're in school, you know, but you are because, you know, you're, you're actually in like what's called like performance school. So you learn by trial and error, you get yelled at, <laughs> by the old people, by other musicians, you know, you sit and you learn and you watch and you go home and you practice and, and you play. And then somebody decides, okay, maybe you're getting good enough. And, you know, so now you, you know, so now you're out there and you're in the service, which becomes like your, your big concert, you know, debut or whatever, comparatively to the music industry. And you play and then next thing you know, you probably stink up the joint. So, you know, you get kicked off the instrument because somebody <laughs> else comes and plays. So that's, you know, because the church is full of musicians, you know. So there's always somebody to replace you while you're replacing somebody. And that's just the, the cool thing about it. So for me, you know, and as many, you know, as many musicians, I mean, almost all Black artists in the last 100 years have all come from church you know you have these church services three four times a week you know and you know so there's a lot of trial and error so you go to a church maybe on a wednesday night you know you get there and nobody's there and sometimes on a wednesday night they only sing about three or four songs so there's your three or four chances to sort of mm. try and impress or try to practice you know things that you learned all week so that's really the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. And I think getting out there and experimenting and trying things. And I think it's cool too, because it's like, you've got this culture of, like you said, there, there's all musicians there. They're all telling you, Hey, that wasn't good or too loud or wrong timing or whatever. But these are all people that you're going to church with that care about you, care about your family. 
so it's it's a funny dichotomy and it's a like you said it's a good school to be learning in so um a lot of your story has focused a lot on transitioning from you know the church world to the secular world but like what was that what was that transition when did you realize oh this is me and this is what i need to be doing the rest of my life well, I, I guess it was around like 2002, 2003. I mean, 2002, really, because, you know, I was, um, I was actually working at a law firm, like an assistant paralegal at a, at a, in here in New Jersey. And, you know, then, you know, at that time is when we were actually started. 2001, we would you know, a day or two a week, we would go and play these, um, you know, little small bars and clubs in New York City. And that was kind of like, you know, it was like, wow, you know, hey, there's, there's, there's actually white people that's enjoying this, man. I, <laughs> this is actually really cool, you know, because that church was all full, you know, it was all just, you know, black people in all of the inner cities and in the, in the, in the, in the U.S. and the I mean, in the East Coast and the Midwest. So that was just sort of the history of the church, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, most Pentecostal churches, you know. So, you know, that's how we grew up. So it was kind of like, you know, and and we were always taught to like, just sort of like, you know, keep to ourselves, you know, this is only for church. You're not really supposed to be playing anywhere else. So as time went on and, and all of these things start to get, you know, the, the words start to get out. We start playing these clubs, you know, there was, you know, an agent, you know, that we met, but high road touring, they were like, Hey man, I think you, you know, we got some dates lined up, man, but you know, I think you can start making some money, man. So you might want to quit your job. So it was like, really? It's like, I was making good money, man. I was 20, 19, 20 years old, man. All my friends went to college. I was the guy paying for everything and had the car and had the money mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know so i was like are you sure man because i'm making money man and they were like we think you're gonna have a co- nice little career here so i was like oh all right so that was sort of the time then when all of that happened so so i you- would say it was around like yeah it was really like 2000 it was really it was actually the day i quit my job that's really awesome so at that point, you've had, you know, a ton of studio albums. You had some live albums and some some awesome guest appearances. What are some of the things along the way that, you know, have formed you, have shaped you at, into who you are now? And really, what are some of those highlights? You know, who are the people? You, you're always posting awesome, like, oh, this is with Eric Clapton or B.B. King or uh, Stevie Wonder. So who, what have been some highlights along the way as you've grown? into you know your own family band and you know all that stuff well i think that the highlights have been really you know you know i I was just mentioning to another interview that i had to do yesterday it was kind of like you know i think it's like time to actually put in you know this sort of like you know kind of like kind of like cool sort of career perspective of Robert Randolph so far, especially in this time, or at least do like one of these, like sort of like, Hey, let's, you know, let's look back because when I look back now, you know, there's been, I've, I've, you know, I recorded with so many of the biggest stars and I, I, so a lot of times I, you know, I, over the years I've forgotten. I mean, it's been Ozzy and Ringo and, and, you know, Joe Walsh and, you know, Dave Matthews and Eric Clapton. But for me, I, I would say like meeting, hanging, going on tour with Eric Clapton has probably been the most sort of in, 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 instrumental in me kind of growing as artists, learning a lot, you know, because, you know, he was the first guy to took me on a long tour kind of talked every day, helped guide me and sort of become like, you know, like the musical, you know, grandfather or father, you know, yeah. to, from everything from advice, 
what kind of songs, what to do next and what I should do. And, and of course, you don't, you know, it's not like I, I've listened to him all the way, but it's kind of like, you know, I mean, that's what like having a musical grandfather, uncle would, you know, do. You kind of yeah. go like, oh, leave me alone, man. Sometimes you just get in the back of your brain like, ah, that's not what's cool right now. I think you're yeah. just old. And then you kind of years go by. He's like, man, I should have listened to Eric, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, you got to make your own mistakes wow, you know? too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, you know, that's sort of the thing, you know. And so looking at that, hanging around him and doing all of these things, it sort of helps you get, help me grow, you know, really. And so when when exactly was Brighter Days release? It was in the fall, is that right? Uh, Brighter Days was actually released. No, uh, no it was released. August of last year, I believe. Okay, end of the summer of last year. So, which is kind of funny. You said you're you're we're kind of forced to be in this retrospective time a little bit, uh, but that yeah. album was already kind of starting that journey for you, right? Because it's kind of getting in touch with those, you know, those early roots. So, and that's been Grammy nominated. So, what was the most fun part about that reflection of going into your, you know, your musical past and your musical heritage a little bit? Well, I think the most fun about it was really just, uh, you know, whenever when you know it's kind of funny because when you look at Little Richard and his and his life, his career, what he has done for all of us, and what he has done, it's kind of like, you know, you know, going back and listening to his music and reflecting, you know, it kind of always helps you. It's something about going back and listening to the early influences mm. that influenced everybody. You know, you can't help but get a newfound inspiration. So yeah. for me, going back and really revisiting a lot of stuff that I grew up on, a lot of rootsy stuff, a lot of ways. And, uh, um, and, and then, you know, writing these songs that are really sort of timeless you know, is really a key to longevity and music and so forth. So I think that's really awesome, man. It's really, it's really been instrumental. And I, I've had a great time doing a lot of that this, this past year and making that record. So I'm really, you know, working with a producer like Dave Cobb, who's mm. produced all of these different artists, you know, he's only concerned about making music that's timeless, you know, awesome. and, and but and he's also doing that help, for sure yeah yeah but also like helping you like realize like you know um i know you wrote this song like two years ago and you think this might be the time recorded but he's like what are you feeling like today like mm. you know let's write something right now you know which is actually really key because you know we may write a song and then we listen to it because don't forget as musicians and guitarists we think all of our songs are hits and they're perfect anyway, just the <laughs> nature yes. of everything. You know, we listen to them and then we get proud of ourselves, which is not a bad thing, you know. It's just kind of like, you know, the way that those guys used to make records, you know, and years ago, they would get in a, there was no going home. It was like, you get in, you, 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 you get in the studio for a week, two weeks, a month, and you record the record and that's the mood that you're in now, you know? So that's really key and, and, and been fun. Uh, some, some, one of the things that I learned from recording with Dave Cobb. Man, that's great. So I know you mentioned before we started recording, you know, you're kind of grinding away, getting a little bit of like, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm home. Let's explore a little bit more. Let's write a little bit more. Uh, what, what's some of that process looking like as far as what'll be coming? What can we expect in the nearer future for you? Well, I think, you know, one of the things about this pandemic, you know, it's kind of helped us all sort of rediscover some really cool, you, you know, just, you know, meeting, talking to, to different people. I mean, because what's funny is now you're able to get everybody on the phone now. <laughs> They're you all know, so every oh yeah everybody's responding they can't say like sorry man i'm stuck in the studio for the next two weeks i i you know i'm i'm in a studio recording and concentrating on this record i don't have time for that so everybody's available 
And so it's really been fun to, to like talk to so many different artists and get all of these different ideas and all these different things. So it's been really cool. Yeah, man. So what, one thing that I think would be interesting for a lot of people is to think of, you know, what is that other side to artistry? What is that other side to, you know, building your own personal brand, connecting with other musicians, performing and writing music? What are some of those myths that you feel like uh, either aren't true or things that people wouldn't know behind the scenes from, you know, being a consumer of music or, you know, a new aspiring artist? What have you learned that would be helpful along the way that could help? Well, well, I think one of the things that's, that could that could help, along, I mean, one of those things that a lot of people don't know is just the amount of sort of uh, work and kind of pressure we put on ourselves, you know, just to record a song and, and just to be able to, you know, the, the fact that you re- you write, you record a song and then you wonder how the the, the, the audience or the listener is going to receive the song. So mm. um, that's one of the different things. You just don't, we kind of put this, man, I don't know if the fans are going to like it. I don't know if so-and-so, I just don't, un- don't know if they're going to enjoy it. And so a lot of the times we, you know, we put those pressures on ourselves. So, you know, and I just, it's, it's kind of challenging, but it's also a lot of pressure that we all put on, you know, so, but it's, it's like the amount of hard work that goes into kind of writing a song, you know, the sacrifices that's made away from family, you know, the fact that, you know, wives and kids, you don't see them or you can't really pay attention and you miss all of the 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 cool sort of events that go on during the course of a year or a decade that you know that most normal parents get to witness you know with their kids or experience with their kids so you know we don't have those moments so it's uh you know luckily we have people i mean when you start seeing people get divorced and all different things happening that's usually the cause of it. So, yeah, you know, whereas people are arguing or it just goes vice versa. Because that's why I said this sort of pandemic has sort of really been a blessing, you know, uh, for a lot of people. Because it's just kind of you got guys actually saying to themselves like, man, I just never thought I could like just be home and like, you know, do the things that I'm actually doing. and like." having all these new experiences with the kids and the wife and the girlfriend or, or, or whatever and family and doing all these different things because, you know, as a musician, as an artist, you know, as a, as a touring artist, a touring musician, you really never get to really experience that, you know. It's usually actually why you see, you know, bands or artists when they get to a certain age, you know, they just sort of disappear because they just, as, as a great Leon Russell told me, he was like, he was like, he's like, Robert, he was like, whatever you do, man, just enjoy your life. He's like, man, there was a time, man, where I've been, I was a recording, a touring musician from, from, from the age of 14, 15, man. And then all of a sudden I came off tour, man. And, and I got home, man. And, and my, my girl at the time, man, I bought a TV set. And I asked her, what the hell is that? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's a TV set. He said, he said, I turned on that TV set. He said he watched Sanford and Son, and he never moved again for about <laughs> 12, 12 years. He's like, oh, he just fell in love with Sanford and Son, Good Times, Tom and Jerry, all of the cartoons. You know, and he was like, he had no more desire to tour because he was just like, wow, I could just sit here and laugh and enjoy myself. and hang with family. Wow. Okay. This is, I'm gonna just do that. I don't care. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't care if I have any money. I just, you know, whatever you go on the road, you spend as much money. You know, it all goes to waste anyway. You're drinking, you're partying, you're doing this, you're doing that. So I just, I never felt this feeling. So that's really what he was. 
That's awesome. And it's funny to hear, you know, like, you know, someone you admire or something, you know, saying, Hey, think about it. And, you know, it's like you said before, Eric Clapton, whoever saying, Hey, here's what I've learned. And, you know, you take it or you leave it, but everybody's got to find out their journey, huh? Yeah. Everybody has their own journeys, man. And then like, you just, you got to find your own journey. And I think during this pandemic, you know, as you know, as hard as it is for so many many of us musicians and, and and restaurant bar owners and you know you know workers, families, families who who watch their loved ones die and so forth, you know, as 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 I would say, and as tough it is for somebody who don't understand coming from a religious background, mm. you know. Uh, the only way for the world to grow is you have to suffer through these types of moments. You know, I mean, it's the reason why whatever religion you're in, whether you got the Quran, you got the Bible, you got the Torah, you know, you got all these different things. There's all of these moments in history that we pattern how to grow, how to get over, what to learn from. I mean, these things have already happened already. <laughs> yeah. You know, and somebody's families have already died, you know, have already suffered, have already suffered through famine and disease. And so this is what, you know, we're doing, you know, so it's tough, you know? Yeah. But when you don't have something to lean on, it's even more crazy and chaotic and you can understand the anxiety of the world when they're not leaning on something, they don't have this, you know, backbone to rely on this, Spiritual perseverance. Well, yeah. I mean, just think about it. The, the whole history of, you know, you know, the whole history. Like, you know, I was telling somebody, and it's like, I can't believe all these racist people and all this. And it's like, it's like, well, listen, I got news for you. This has been going on since the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah. So if you think race, if you got anything about racism and all of these things are going to end, you know, it's not going to end. The devil is alive, well, and busy, mm. you know, and evil will always be around the way to get over that is you sing through it you you just you 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 tell people about it and you, you help people get over it you know you 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 know like just think about all of the racism and all of the things that were going on in the 60s and 70s right and i tell you it's like it wasn't a damn politicians who decided the people decided we're not going to stand for this anymore you know, mm. so you had every music artist from Bob Marley to the Beatles to Bob Dylan to, you know, Grateful Dead. Everybody just said, you know, enough is enough. You know, you know, you forced the, pol- the people rule the country in the world, not the politicians. <laughs> you yeah. know, the people do. You know, people have the power. You know, yeah. so, you know, they, they can create all the stuff and we watch the news in the news and the media is there to to get you in a panic you know that's why i tell people during this whole pandemic is like i don't know what you're watching the news for i said the news yeah. is not going to tell you nothing but you know put you in a panic make you run to the grocery store buy all the damn tissue fight with people over food and this is and i'm like like you'll know when the when the world is back open okay yeah, yeah. you'll just know when your state and your city and your your town is back open up for business. It's like the news is not going to tell you nothing. You know, how many people died? I mean, and, 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 you know, like, look, they're all performers. They're getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and know, like, oh, that's their crazy. job. That's what they are trying to do. They're trying to get you to watch it, you know? Yeah. And they want you to watch it. They want you to be like, Oh, oh what's happening to what's ha- like, how the hell could you watch those press? Come? What do you think they're going to tell you differently from tomorrow? What we better, we, we had 500 less people died today than yesterday. And then the next day, oh, we've had a thousand more. It's like, what are you watching after? <laughs> like, we're in a pandemic. You know, however the virus got here, it's here. And this is what we all got to deal with, you know? So that's just the rough part about it. I mean, but hey, look, a lot of people don't have that mental capacity because they're so used to that, you know? Yeah, and what has happened now all through social media, Twitter, Facebook, and all the other things, you know, those people are paid. People are like, oh, did you see this article get retweeted? Like, well, they're getting paid. That's a bot. That's a person who works for a company that's, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
It's insidious. And like that's you said, told them to evil will them. always be around, man. It has new faces. It's shifty. You know, you got to be on alert. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about uh, that last album is that speaking plainly right now. So you have this audience now and it's like, hold on, people, you know, brighter days can be ahead. Brighter days will be ahead. But the devil's yeah. real. You got to fight it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, We're, we will forever be fighting against evil. It's not going away. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Evil's sure. going nowhere. It's been here. It will be here. You will always have people with other agendas. You know, they feed off people. Everybody's like, oh, I'm surprised. Look at all these white supremacists. It's like, white supremacists, they've been around forever. Where are they going? We, 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 you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if you, you know, if you study history, you know, then you will learn real stuff, you know, mm. like what's really going on. But, you know, just like just like somebody sends you a video of a new artist and a new band and new record. That's the same way they do. Hey, you're my friend. But I just want to tell you, man, we should really get into this Whatever. supremacy thing, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, that's just what they do. You know, you ha everybody has an audience. That's just is, you know, there's billions of people living in the world. And, you know, and I say all the time, it's like I tell people like, no, nah, look at this. This thing's been retweeted. 30,000 times. It's like, so what? There's 30,000 people. Guess what? That's an arena for just like you go to a concert. It's a damn grateful <laughs> a day one town. night. It's fish yeah. one night. It's, <laughs> you know, it's the country Toby keep the next night. It's this guy the next night. All of those people have fans and probably none of them like the same artists. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's just, that's just life, you know? So it's not to get wound up on it, you know? I feel you. It's easy to get wound up on it too. <laughs> well, 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 of course it is because, because, you know, we sit around now and that's become the new normal, you know, it's to sit around, scroll through the phone, you know, every once in a while I'll get on Twitter and I'll be like, good morning, everybody. Let's, let's scroll through time to scroll through Twitter and see who I'm going to argue with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cantankerous. Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody. Yeah. Cause you get on Twitter you know, you scroll, you scroll, you scroll, you scroll. You're looking for somebody to disagree with so you can have an argument. That's what everybody's doing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Twitter tw Twitter has fed off that. So now there's people that's hired to get you upset. If you notice the timeline, every morning when you wake up, there's all of the writers and the journalists and the people there there to put these headlines there to upset you. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. by coincidence. And then listen, then on Saturday and Sunday, guess what? There's no CNN on on Saturday. There's no news on CNN on Saturday and Sunday. Right? <laughs> right? But Monday morning, oh, here comes all of the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> here yep. comes all of the, yep. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, then it's sports or entertainment on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, now, like, now buy this thing on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all of the stuff going on, right? Out of all of the good that's going on, that's just a, a quick 20 second mention on the news. All the wow. other stuff is the bad news. People fighting, people arguing, people doing this, people doing that. And that's just, hey, that's what the world is. It's there to cause you to panic, run out. <laughs> and all you got to know is I tell people, like, all you got to know, all you need to know is after that certain news segment, just what either before or after, just watch what commercial comes on because that's who's paying for that segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, it's the way it works. I mean, you gotta have, you know, you if somebody go like you know, if my publicist call up and go like, Hey guys, I really want you to check out I really want you to mention this Robert Randolph on uh, uh um this new Robert Randolph record on the on the um on TV, and next thing you know, they go, "Hey, but we got Gary Clark Jr.'s race." Like, guess what? Clark Jr.'s people paid more money. <laughs> yeah. They have more money. They pay more to run the Gary Clark Jr. ad as opposed to the Robert Randolph ad. That's just the way it goes. So, you know, there's not going to be any good news. They want, <laughs> yeah. you know, when it comes to, you know, that because the bad news bears have the more money. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking on uh, 
I actually got to run too. I, I forgot I got this other thing I got to do right no, now too. No, you're good. Well, let's wrap it up. The last two things then. Where do you want people to find your stuff? And then the last thing is how and why do you inspire, you know, in the face of all of this uh, anxiety and things? How do you inspire people to make more music? Well, I think the best way to inspire people to make more music, for me, how do I do it? So just, you know, is, is to really look at life. It's, it's like I just harped on for 10 minutes. It's like <laughs> there's so much negativity. And we have the power of the microphone. And the power of the microphone, we should all use it to uh, inspire the good, to bring good news to people. That's just who I am. That's how I grew up. So that's the example I'll be. I'm not going to hate on anybody else and whatever their music is, because like I said, you know, you spend too much time worrying about that. That's how you go crazy. You know, I mean, we've already seen tons of music artists lose their mind over something, you know, mm -hmm. just imagine we lost Michael Jackson, who just, just, as they said, like Michael Jackson never got a, you know, his whole time, you know, and they're like, what's Michael Jackson doing with these kids? Oh, so, so it's like Michael Jackson never got a chance. Just think of this. Michael Jackson growing up from age zero to about, you know, almost 30, never got to bounce a basketball. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He never bounced the ball, man. The guy never bounced the ball. <laughs> you know? You know? Yeah. So that in itself is not natural. So then, no. then, so now you get used to that. And here's a guy that that's now become a man that had, you know, that can't even go out in public. Right. Mm -hmm. Can't even do certain things because, you know, the 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 industry and you know, the media drove him crazy, you know. So um, so for me, you know, and look and all of the good that he'd done. Just imagine I was just reflecting. I listened to a bunch of Michael Jackson stuff the other day. Nice. And here you have something you don't see today. Michael Jackson was the biggest artist in the world, you know, for 20, 20 years or so. And he still wrote songs, black or white, you know, all these songs of healing the world mm -hmm. and all these different things. That's not normal for any pop star to do. You know what nope. I'm saying? Mm -mm. We don't see anybody else doing it. <laughs> Nope. You know, you don't see Lizzo and Beyonce and Bieber and all of them taking time out to say, you know what? You know, I know you guys are looking for this big, you know, sh shake your ass down, yeah, yeah. do drugs song. But, you know, I'm going to write Black or White and I'm going to actually have it debut on national TV and so forth. <laughs> and have <laughs> you know Slash what I'm play on it. Yeah, yeah. And all the stuff. Yeah, and have Slash play on it and have... The Home Alone, uh, the kid, Colin McCulkin, yeah. in the video. And, you know, so it's all of these different things, man. That's the, to me, that's the blueprint, man. We have, because guess what? That's why we love Bob Marley. That's Bob Dylan. That's why we love John Lennon. That's why we love Stevie Wonder, because all of these artists did that. They used to do it, you know, and that's what helped the world heal. So. I'm taking a page out of their book and that's the kind of path I'm trying to follow because mm. they already set the example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we, you know, we stress out when we lose internet in our house, you know, <laughs> those guys didn't have damn food and, <laughs> I you love know, it. they were growing up with the colored bathrooms, you know? So. Well, I love it, man. Well, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you got to run. So where do you want people to look for that inspiration for, you know, the brighter days, man? Where do you want to send people? Man, people could go to, people go to RoberRandolph.net. They can go to Robert Randolph and the Family Band on Facebook. They can go to at RRTFB on Instagram and Twitter and check us out, man. There's, there's a lot, a lot more. Great music and collaborations coming. Some of it I can't announce yet, but a lot of fun things going to be happening. So stay there and, and uh, you know, go there and look for, look for me. We'll be there.
All right, Robert. Well, I appreciate you for Chris and Robert. Everybody remember, give more grace, share more love, make more music. Yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with none other than the Robert Randolph. So if you did remember all of his music, you can get his cameo appearances. You can take a Zoom lesson with him, and that's all in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, in the description box below. So if you want to support the show, remember there are all kinds of ways you can do that. All donations right now are still going to the Be The Bridge organization. You can learn more about that below. We also have merchandise and different things like that. But the easiest way is join our community on Instagram. uh, Hit us up on there or send us an email. And the best thing you can do on YouTube is a thumbs up and a subscribe. And on your podcast player is a review and a rating. That would be the best thing to help us. But... Remember, today we have a new music shout out. And our new music shout out today comes from Pai Ying Threadgill. She's a vocalist and songwriter and voice and movement teacher. She crafts an intimate journey through folk and jazz with Afro-electronic inflections, which she calls New Porch Music. The song Loose Change in My Shoe that you're going to hear today is dedicated to young black women and women of African descent as they move through the world, gracing it with their creativity, ideas, and hope. Also tells of young people to be careful of the dangers of being black in America. We serendipitously connected recently, and I'm just glad to share this song right now that's telling her story and encouraging the black community, especially the black female community throughout the world. So without further ado... Here's our new music shout out of Loose Change in My Shoe by Pying Threadgill. See you. 